When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Cooler heads prevail, Chris. It's a new day. <laughs> it's a new week. It's a new show. Let's get it going. Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Southside Beat, of course, on DK Pittsburgh Sports every Monday through Friday from 3 until 3.30 Eastern. My name is Corey Crisson. Joining me, as always, virtually from Texas, is Chris Halleck. Today is Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. 3 my dad's birthday. Today's my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, Chris's dad. Um, Hope he enjoys it. Hope he has a nice glass of bourbon or what he prefers. (laughs) And as for us, Chris, we are going to talk about the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, the football team, of course, on the south side of town. Yesterday was hot. And yeah, the fans are already, the the listeners are already weighing in and uh, there's a lot of them already. We're getting fire candidates. Like, listen, uh, Cord and I were just talking about this before uh, we went, we went live. Um, we're going to try to do everything we can to not get on the Canada train again today. Um, not that we are not willing to talk about it. We're willing to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. But Matt Canada is going to speak tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We'll probably most definitely have a reaction to that. <laughs> sure. So, um, we'll obviously probably touch on a little bit what Kenny said. But uh, definitely today we, we wanted to at least kick off by starting – on another elephant in the room when it comes to the Steelers, and that is um, something that they corrected last year. In 2021, this team was dead last uh, mm-hmm. in run defense. Last year, they got a lot better against the run. Didn't necessarily start out the season too great, but wasn't ever really terrible outside of maybe a game or two. Um, but finished ninth in the NFL against the run last year. And so far this year, the Steelers are dead last against the run, averaging 193 yards per game on the ground. Mm-hmm. That's not pretty at all. No. And um, I think there's a number of different ways that you can talk about this. This is somehow not Matt Canada's fault. So I think there's other ways we could try to figure out what the heck's going on and uh, what the Steelers can do to correct it. That's the theme of the show today. It's going to be about defense. Of course, Kenny Pickett spoke today. 
uh, before practice on the south side, which actually just began a few minutes ago. Uh, today's practice schedule is a little bit odd. It's a 3 to 5 p.m. practice, but no open locker room after. So yeah. even if, you know, George Pickens made another circus, acrobatic, you know, one-handed fadeaway, diving, fall away, whatever, catch, like, it didn't happen today. So <laughs> with that being said, um, I will be observing, you know, the, the notes, if you will, um, you know, around today. And today was Kenny Pickett day on the South side. So we will get to him, but we did want to start the show with defense because we figured, of course, like Chris said, a lot of tomorrow's show will be focused on what the offensive coordinator has to say. And it does start with stopping the run. Now, the thing about the Raiders is even though they have the reigning NFL rushing champion from last year in Josh Jacobs, they have not done well with running the football this year. They are just ahead of the Steelers, third to last in the NFL in rush offense with 116 yards through two games. Now, I'm no math major, but that is not a lot through no. two games. No, 58 so yards a game said, is not going to work. And Josh Jacobs had mm-hmm. nine carries for a negative two yards against the Bills. Um, and the Bills' run defense is not, you know, it's not the greatest it's in the not, league. It's good. But it's yeah, not the greatest in the league. Yeah, it's there. It's definitely some alarming stuff going on with the Raiders because you know whenever I sat down and did my my game preview for the for DKPittsburghSports.com, you know I'm looking at their offense. I'm looking at all the pieces that they got. You know they got Josh Jacobs, they got Devontae Adams. It's one of those you got to find the delicate balance of how you're gonna how you're gonna defend them mm-hmm. because if you commit too much to stopping the run, Devontae Adams is gonna make you look silly and he's gonna he's gonna tear you up all all game long mm-hmm. over the top. And if you commit too much to stopping Devontae Adams or Hunter Renfro or Austin Hooper uh, or any any of their other targets, then you're susceptible to Josh Jacobs running all over you. So yeah. it, it is a, def- a delicate balance. And then you begin to look at the numbers. You're like, holy crap, what is going on in Vegas? Like they, it's not only like, oh, they're struggling. No, they, they are not able to run the ball at all. Mm-hmm. And so this really will be, okay, the Raiders are motivated. Like they, like you said it, they got the, Reigning, you know, rushing champion on their team, regardless of the contract situation that played out this past offseason, they're going to be motivated to try to run the ball. And they're looking at the Steelers giving up 193 yards per game on the ground through the first two games. And they got to be looking their shots being like, if there's any game where we can correct it, it's going to be this one. It, I think it will be. And by the way, um, question comes through from Leverage. He talks about Joey Porter Jr., Broderick Jones, and Mount Washington, as he says, <laughs> that need to start. Um, quick plug off of this. I will be writing about Joey Porter Jr. today on DKPittsburghSports.com, so make sure you check that out. I had a nice one-on-one conversation uh, before today's practice with with Joey Jr. Um, the, the big thing is going to be the pass rush again. It's going to be stopping the run. And a big part about that is Brandon Fajoka was promoted from the practice squad today. Promoted, elevated, whatever the technical term is nowadays. But basically, Braden Fajoko is going to be activated for this game, it seems. Yeah. And our argument for not only keeping him on the 53-man roster out of Latrobe, this goes back to training camp, was for games like this and against the 49ers and against the Browns, where you have a Braden Fajoko that is able to exclusively stop the run and be a true nose tackle. Now, obviously, the injury to Cam Hayward, and today on his Not Just Football podcast, Hayward said, look, I got injured early in the 49ers game, tried to go out, nothing was given, tore some you know, tore some stuff in the groin, had to get surgery, he's already back in rehab, he's attacking that. 
And he said he's off crutches after the first day of rehab. So that's a big positive coming from Cam Hayward. But yeah. nonetheless, the Steelers will be without him for it's looking like a couple of months. It's several weeks at minimum. Yeah. So you have to find ways to plug up the middle and stop the run. And Keanu Benton had a good game in week one, didn't play as well in week two. Larry Ogunjobi, it seemed like if, if Watt and Highsmith were the MVPs against the Browns, then Larry Ogunjobi had himself a heck of a day. Yeah. I would say, um, and that's good. in the past, and that's in the pass rush and the run stop. You know, this while the Raiders' offense is not what the Browns or, for the fact of that matter, the 49ers pose. Yeah. You still have to account for a guy like Josh Jacobs who can create his own running lanes and can get out there with the best of them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, and that's why I, I think if you're the if you're a Steelers fan and you're looking at this game and being like, well, the Raiders are they they're not being able to they, they can't run the ball right now. That shouldn't be just, oh, well, this is going to be, you know, where our run defense really shines. It's like, no, you you really going to – the Steelers are going to have to, like I said, find that delicate balance because if you commit too much to stop in the run, you're going to get beaten over the top. And you've got to treat the – like how you're strategizing for the game and, and all you know, your game plan and everything as if Josh Jacobs is going off. Like you, you, that's that's how you have to prepare because the first team that begins to take the Raiders lightly on the ground is going to be the first team that has Josh Jacobs run for 200 yards. Um, it's just you, you can't do it until uh, you just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, the Raiders still have enough pieces up front on the offensive line. Uh, Josh Jacobs didn't forget how to run. Um, they're they're, they're you have to assume they're going to be a formidable. A, you know, opponent on the ground and, and not only that, but hungry and motivated to try to get the running game going. Uh, so the Steelers are going to ha- now, I think bringing Braden Fajoko up to the 53 men roster is absolutely the right thing. I probably, I, I think they probably should have done it last week because mm-hmm. they, because they're playing Cleveland and you know, you're not the only one saying that Mark yeah. says it too. Why wasn't Fajoko elevated for last week? Yeah, it's, it should have been, it should have been done. Uh, I mean, it, like he, uh, He's good against the run. He clogs up the middle. It gives it, it allows extra space uh, for everybody else to do their work, and especially on the edge and, con- and containing the the edge. Um, and that goes for everybody. That's not just talking about Alex and TJ, but even when the corners are coming up and playing containment, because corners. I mean, like Levi Wallace has not done a good job in run defense at all, and when no, he's, he's usually not. when he's usually pretty good at it, and so that's kind of alarming too. Um, so it, it's. Yes, we're going to focus mainly on the defensive line, but just, uh, you know, across the front, you know, there's, there's been blown assignments. There's been, uh, it's, it's been pretty poor across the board, regardless of Cam Hayward being there or not. I think even if Cam were there, it would still be pretty bad just because overall it's just, it's been sloppy. That's just the Mm -hmm. best way I can do it. Oh, Swan Mm -hmm. Swan comes in with a $5 contribution. Thank you. And he wants to pivot to the offense. So, we ha- I have starred and, and bookmarked some comments here that have come in over the offense because, again, we did want to start defense. We were going to get into Kenny Pickett at some point, but yeah. Swan chimes in with a $5 contribution. He says, can we discuss real ways to make this offense less predictable? Putting Harrison Warren in the backfield together could generate excitement. There are a lot more things that Matt Canada needs to do to generate some form of excitement into this offense. And you know what? Kenny Pickett today talked about not just finding ways to get George Pickens the ball more, but he also mentioned getting Calvin Austin involved more. And 
while Deontay Johnson's going to be down for however long it is, that needs to happen. We're talking about Calvin Austin, and it's not talking about getting Calvin Austin jet sweeps and all this short stuff. It's about getting him down the field a little bit. And yeah. I hope that there is some tape study that could say Calvin Austin is able to get some separation. Calvin Austin is able to run down the field and run by people. And yes, the tight ends do need to get more involved, as Teresa points out. The tight ends, Pat Frymuth needs to get the football. If you read yeah. on DKPittsburghSports.com today, Matt Williamson in his war room, that's all it was about, Pat Frymuth. Get Pat Frymuth involved, just like he was in week one, up until his injury, and who knows, maybe he was still playing a bit hurt on Monday. Yeah. But maybe Pat Frymuth's injury is affecting that, and that's why he didn't get the ball as much as you thought he should have or maybe did against against the 49ers when it came to transitioning over to the Browns. Um, I do think, and I want to go to, to Swan's comment where he says putting Harrison Warren in the backfield together could generate something. Uh, I don't think that that's, I think that's more of a wrinkle. Uh, and I think wrinkles mm-hmm. are, 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 you know, they're nice parts of an offense. And they're definitely something that kind of yeah, throws a, a little bit of a different look at a defense being like, oh, okay, that's, that's a little different. That's new. Um, it's not something we see all the time. It's something you do every now and then. It really is a less is more type situation um because and i think honestly the way the steelers did it against the ravens last year in in the in the baltimore in the game in baltimore yeah they did that i mean i think it was only maybe three or four times that they were on the field together but i mean it it generated something Mm -hmm. and i i will i'm not when it comes to what what the offense can do in order to it's call more plays to try to get first downs on first down and second down. I'm going to keep hammering that home. It doesn't mean you have to call for intermediate passes. It doesn't mean you have to call for, um, for deep, you know, bombs down the field. Um, it really is a situation. And and honestly, I think the Steelers probably need to have a little bit more RPOs in there. I'm not saying that that should be the, the basis of their, of their offense, but um, have something where, okay, it's an RPO on first down. You know, if you have a favorable look where you can run the ball, you run the ball. And mm-hmm. then if, if it's just something as simple as I just have to read the Mike linebacker or, or whoever, you know, depending on what, what play you're calling, you read one guy based off of what, what, you know, what he does, if he's coming on a blitz, if he's dropping back in coverage, if he's on man, if he's playing zone, whatever he's doing, mm-hmm. then you react accordingly. Uh, different things like that, something that keeps it simple, um, but yet doesn't overthink it. And I think that's where Matt Canada's offense gets very, very inconsistent. Every now and then he will call it a really nice play. I think even the very first play coming out of the, out of halftime against Cleveland, it looked like a play that, that Kenny likes, you know, get him Mm. on the move, get him out of the pocket. You know, that's usually when Kenny's at his best. Now Kenny just didn't execute. The, the Browns did a good job. They took a lot of the a lot of those uh, targets away, and then Kenny forced a pass and nearly got it picked. Um, call different things like that. You're not going to bat a thousand on them, but just call different things like that. Don't just line up twelve personnel. Let's run the ball right up the middle every time on first and ten. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of different things you can do. Keep mixing it up. Keep the defense on their toes, um, but that's not Matt Canada's forte. And I'm also not going to talk about schemes again, because I could just keep going down that. Sure. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, D-Pets brings up a good point. Formations used for the run game just telegraphed, hey, we're running the football. And defense has started to load the box at some point. And that's when they started to go east to west and not north to south with Najee Harris specifically. Yeah. And the toss sweeps on second and long and all of that. And I don't want to get into like more of what I already said yesterday. Um, And this is Trevor asking, can you guys speak on the offensive line, please? Specifically the interior. And I want to relate this as it will to the Raiders game because the Raiders have a guy named Max Crosby. Yeah. And the Steelers have done pretty good against Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett in the first couple of weeks. And again, Darnell Washington, you can group him in here if you want as a don't don't tell really pro football focus that, man. Yeah. Well don't tell know, pro football focus that stats and grades and all that. <laughs> um the offensive line needs to play better. That's another bottom line thing, too. Yeah. Everybody needs to play better. The offensive line is included in that. And that's as a collective and with individuals. That's Dan Moore Jr.'s pass blocking. That is, I, I know the the grade of whatever it is, literally three from PFF. Three and a half. Thing, but it's not like, you know, he played well either. Like, there's a little justification to that. It's great assault type stuff. Like, there was a play, I remember James Daniels on, his, on, on the snap took a step backward instead of forward. Yeah. And it's like, well... Even I know that you shouldn't be able to do that. So, yes. Well, definitely not a run blocking. (laughs) No. So the offensive line undoubtedly has to play better as well going into this game. And again, not another easy. Robert Spillane's on that defense, too. Mike Tomlin specifically talked about Robert Spillane being a guy that's become a leader for them, a guy they know pretty well, obviously, from his time in Pittsburgh. So this isn't a cakewalk defense that they're facing either. Yeah, I think one of the to, to kind of stick on the offense thing and, and what the offense can do when, when Kenny said today that we don't really have an identity yet. Swan um, brings that up, too. Yeah, and that I, stuck out to me today. Yeah, I think I think that's that's alarming. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if we're if we're being really, really honest here. Um, yeah, because I think if you if you I, either that or it's a cop out. It's either something where he's being really truthful, like we really don't know what the heck we're doing. Sure. Or it's just we know what we're doing. We're committed to wanting to do it. It's just we're not going to sit here and 
you know, go over the fact of how bad we've been at executing it. Um, if he's really, and, and it's just, you know, lip service for the media, but if he's being really honest and they, and they really don't feel like they have an identity yet. I mean, we, we, we knew, we thought going into the season, the Steelers identity was going to be all built around the run game. And so far it's been, it's, it's looked nothing like they're trying. Here's the thing. When you really, really look at what the Steelers are doing and we are talking about the, the lack of running the football and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, when they're running the ball, it is very obvious that being like, okay, here we go. We're loading up. It's twelve personnel. We're we're you know we're bringing everybody close to the line, you know, close close in. We're not spreading the defense out. Here we are. We're going to run the ball. Go ahead and load the box with eight or nine guys. You know, it it does need to be a little bit more unpredictable or a little bit harder to read. Or maybe this is a play act. You know, whatever it is. But they really have not committed to running the football. They just mm-hmm. haven't. It it's looked like both times when the offense has taken the field that they're trying to get the passing game going. They're trying to get a rhythm going on like it, it like in the passing game. And I understand that. You want to get Kenny feeling good because if Kenny's feeling good early on, it it can open things up. But mm-hmm. if that fails, which it has the last two weeks, now you have now you're telling the offense, oh, well, we're not getting it done through the air. Now we're gonna Oh, by the way, now we're going to start running the football again because mm-hmm. when all else fails, go run the ball, and then Cleveland's going to be like, all right, put everybody it's backwards. in the box. It's backwards. Yeah. They yeah. shy away from running the football too early. They take the foot off the gas a little too early. They try to open up the open up the passing game with whatever unimaginative, non-creative thing Matt Canada tries to draw up. And somebody mentioned – I don't have the comment in front of me. Somebody mentioned Kenny Pickett's comfortability, and DeMond, appreciate you being a member for two months. Yes, thank you, DeMond. Thank appreciate you so much. It. Somebody mentioned Kenny Pickett's comfortability. Now, whether he's injured or not, it play, he played it off, and he's not on any injury report as of right now. He probably won't get one until much later this evening because of a late practice today. Um, with the left shoulder and the hit that he took on the on the touchdown to Pickett's, you know, he said after the game that he was evaluated for, and I quote, bumps and bruises. That's fine if that's true, yeah. and that's fine if that's it, it, that's what he wants to say. Now. I don't think a left shoulder injury played too much into his balance as again, I don't have the comment in front of me. I'm terribly sorry, but um, you know, as it might, or it affected his throwing arm or whatever it was. I don't think that's much into it. I think there's a lack of confidence from within Kenny Pickett of what this offense is calling for him to do. Quite frankly. I mean, in the proof is kind of in the pudding in some way in which the most successful touchdown drive. And I'm talking about drive, not just like the picket to Pickens you know, special that happened on Monday. I'm talking about a constituted drive. The most beautiful drive that the Steelers put on in these two games was the two-minute drill against the 49ers. And a lot of that is get up to the line, get into your two-minute set, get into your two-minute offense, and go. Yeah. And not much not much more thought beyond that. So, yes, that's also a concern from that standpoint. And, look, I think Kenny Pickett, and he said it, trust Calvin Austin, trust – George Pickens, obviously, trust Pat Fryermuth, trust his options. And I know a lot are coming in about Gunnar Olszewski as well. I've seen the comments about Gunnar. Kenny likes Gunnar Olszewski quite a bit. And and that helps a lot for Gunnar Olszewski to be sticking around here. I also think Kenny might like Matt Canada quite a bit, but that doesn't justify Matt Canada having a job. That's also true. I mean, Uh, look, people forget. People forget. I say it all the time. Canada recruited Pickett to Pitt. There's a... Very long history when it comes to 
when, especially for a guy that's in the second year in the NFL, that's a long history for a guy that's in his second year in the NFL. And we talked enough about yesterday about Canada's contract and who's around the support system and everything. And obviously there's going to be a decision to be made at some point. However, I will move forward and talk about the Las Vegas Raiders and what that offense can do to get back on the ground. And that is to establish the run. Yeah. They can't establish the run against this Vegas team. And the key is to me to not abandon it so quickly for one reason or another. Well, I think another thing, and really, again, I, I'm trying to figure out something because we can talk about Matt Canada needs to go. We can talk about Matt Canada needs to change his playbook. We can talk about all that kind of stuff. Believe me, I want to see the Steelers run more gap schemes than zones, zone schemes in the running game. Mm-hmm. I think that this offensive line is better equipped to run more gap schemes than zone schemes. Mm-hmm. I, I I've I've talked to multiple members of the offensive line. I know that both like that they prefer it's easy and it's also easier to run gap schemes. And the NFL is actually starting. And I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I remember seeing it last year. The NFL is slowly transitioning back to when teams run the ball. It's more gap scheme than zone scheme. When five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, it was more zone. Mm-hmm. And so that's again where Matt Canada is stuck far, you know, he's stuck in the past, you know, he stuck. The trend was far, however long ago when jet sweeps were first starting to become a thing, like Matt Canada's offense would be good 10 years ago, 10 I years think. ago, but it's yeah. not now because it's dated. Pro- dated's the word. Yeah. It's, it's not good. So, okay. We can talk about all that stuff, but we can talk also about, okay, well, how can the Steelers function best in what they have now in the system that's there. Okay. We'll try to call more stuff that again, what's not so predictable. I'm not saying you cannot ever run the ball on first down. You have to be able to run the ball on first down. Yeah. But where's a way that you can find a way to, to try not to do so many tosses with Najee Harris. That's just not smart. He's not a, he's not an outside runner. He's also not an outside zone runner. You like, run a gap, you run a duo up the middle where all mm-hmm. Najee has to do is read the linebacker on the second level. Which way is he going? Great. I'm going to go the other way. And then mm-hmm. let let the offensive linemen do what they do up front. You know, it, it shouldn't be that complicated. But mm-hmm. there we go. I'm going back into some comments that I have starred. Um, and Mr. Nick of Time wants to ask us, what are the top things you want to see happen in Vegas? As we sit here on Wednesday preparing for this matchup, to me, the top thing I want to see in Vegas is better coverage from the secondary. Yeah. And that's kind of sans Mika Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Mika, he does fine basically anywhere they put him. But Levi Wallace ran a track meet against Amari Cooper. Joey Porter Jr., who you'll read more about later on DKPittsburghSports.com, he played 14 snaps. That was double the amount from week one. Now I want to see if he gets more. I don't think he's going to get 28, double all that. But I think he does play a little bit more against the Raiders. They're starting to feel a little more comfortable. I want to see more from Keanu Neal in the box, who I thought did well as a, you know, blitzing, almost that uh, Terrell Edmonds role that was fulfilled last year, almost in that role because of his physicality. You know, I want to see better coverage. I want to see Devontae Adams maybe not be blanketed, but that's a hard guy to blanket, but relatively limited. This passing attack isn't much better than its rushing attack. So. There are there are tangible ways for this defense to 
And I'm not going to ever predict two defensive touchdowns and, and Alex Highsmith being the AFC, you know, defensive player of the week and all that. But there are ways for this defense to create turnovers on this Raiders offense. And that secondary has to play a little bit better. That's the thing I'm looking for. Well, there's there's a there's a lot uh, that I can say in terms of what I want to see. Uh, I want to see um, passing schemes that have receivers attack short intermediate and long throws like long routes to try to stretch out the defense vertically. Um, <laughs> I want to see, like I said, I want to see more gap gap schemes and zone schemes in the running game. I, I would just completely toss out the playbook and write a new one, but um, that's not going to happen. So again, within what they have, um, I just, I want to see a, a true commitment to try to run the football. Mm-hmm. Um, that does ultimately come down to because this is not all Matt Canada's fault when it comes to not, not running the ball. I do think that they're favoring trying to establish the pass and, and get Kenny into a rhythm early. I think I understand the intention of trying to do that, give him some confidence, you know, get him going. But the running game is, is being sacrificed because of it, and you can't do that. You can't sacrifice what your identity should be, and that is a run first team. That's what mm-hmm. we talked about all off season that this, uh, that this offense was going to be built on running the football. They were running the ball predominantly on first down and second down in the, in the, in the second half of the season last year, but they were doing it mm-hmm. successfully. Now the offensive line was playing a lot better. The offensive line is not playing good right now. Um, but, and again, you know, it's kind of the same thing as last year. There's two new members of this offensive line right now. And when, and this is another reason why I think gap scheme is better than zone scheme. Um, it takes longer for an offensive line to get into a rhythm together when you're pro- predominantly a zone running team, because it's not, Hey, this is this one guy's my assignment, or I'm going to go chip this guy, then get to the second level linebacker. And that's mm-hmm. it. It's it, where it's that simple with a gap scheme. Zone scheme is all about, being in unison together, making sure that every single area is covered so that the running back can make the right proper read and get through. And the problem is, is that when offensive linemen get blown up or get moved, it all blows up. Yeah. And that's the main problem. And so I want to see more gap schemes. I'll just put it that I might not get what I want, but that's what I will see. Here's one. Here's the, here's one for me from the offensive standpoint. And I don't think I'm asking much when I say this. I want to see Kenny Pickett take the easier route. I want to see him take the bailout option more. And I'm not saying he needs to, you know, look for George Pickens every single play either because George Pickens is always open even when covered. But what I'm talking about is, and a lot of people in the comments are chiming in on this, just like deep pets here, dump to the tight ends for easy five yards. Do the same with the running backs. I know Anthony McFarland being down, it hurts for the passing game as far as the running back position is concerned. But find Jalen Ward, find Najee Harris, find Pat Fryermuth, find, even if it's Allen Robinson or whoever it is underneath, find the easier option. And I'm not saying the Steelers need to go into quick game and do all this, like, you know, the slant routes and all this other stuff underneath as far as a, um, like, deliberate thing. Yeah. What I'm saying is, if the option's not there for George and he's got a, he's got a high safety on him and he's double covered, or if Pat Fryermuth is running up the seam and he's covered by a linebacker, if that check down is there, take the check down. Yeah. Like, find a way to get going. I know there's rhythm that needs to be established. That's been a big thing that I don't think has been talked enough over the last two weeks with this offense is rhythm. They haven't been able to establish rhythm. 
establishing the run game to open the pass game is one thing, but there's no rhythm to it. Yeah. And that to me is, is, is one of the biggest fallacies of this offense, because if they can get Najee Harris going on the ground, that's one thing. But if they get the running backs in a general sense going and get Jalen Warren touches and get Najee Harris touches, then I think they will be set. Chris, we got about a minute and a half to go here. And yeah. Tomorrow's coordinator Thursday. So, of course, we will be all over what Matt Canada says and Terrell Austin, for that matter, because the defense is not totally there yet either. Yeah. And a quick final thought for me would be, I'm recording H2P today at 6 p.m. You're a Pitt fan. You might want to listen. Your <laughs> final thought, Chris. Uh, my final thought is... Um... Yeah, I'm gonna echo what uh, Matt Williamson said in uh, his war uh, in his war room piece on DK Pittsburgh Sports. If you haven't read it, go read it. Um, Pat Fryermuth is way too good to be completely forgotten about. Five targets in two games is just not gonna cut it. One target in the last game is just not gonna cut it. This should have been a game. This past game should have been a game in which Pat Fryermuth ate. It was Browns primarily play man coverage. The middle of their defense is not very good. Uh, I mean, Delpit had a really good game, but um, it's definitely not anywhere near the caliber of the 49ers and the middle of their defense. It should have been a game in which Pat Fryermuth ate. It should have mm-hmm. been a good game, and and it just didn't happen. Uh, the one catch he did have, I actually kind of like that play. I actually thought it was a pretty good design, uh, and the and the offensive lineman got out there. They just didn't execute their blocks. If they execute those blocks, Pat Fryermuth gets a big chunk. Um so I, I'm just going to say, get him more involved. Uh, I'm going to echo what Matt Williamson said. Go read it. It was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they do need to get him more involved. Regardless of, yes, they need to establish the run. Yes, they need to do different things to establish the run, which then opens up the passing game. But utilize that man in the middle of the field, man. Yeah. He's He's got it. He's, he's just too good to be forgotten about. Just too good. All right. That does it for a Wednesday here on the Southside Beat. Coordinator Thursday tomorrow. We will react and talk about Matt Canada once again. But for now, (laughs) DK and Ramon, the Ramon Foster Show in about 30 minutes here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. He is Chris Halleck. I am Corey Christen. This has been the Southside Beat. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Cheers, everyone.